Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution. An economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. I'm Ed Kless with my good friend and co-host, Ron Baker, and on today's show, folks, we are talking about project management and the subscription model. How's it going, Ron? Good, Ed. I'm on PTOS. PTOS. So what's PTOS? Personal time off siesta. I've oh, got oh, my oh. pillow and my nappy blanket, and <laughs> because you get to go, you get to sleep most of the show, or the topic will put you to sleep, or a little uh, bit of both. Yeah, a little no, bit of both. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'm actually really looking forward to see how your thinking has evolved on PM project management because of subscription. So I'm I'm actually really curious on what you have to say. All right. Well, that, that's good. I, I appreciate that. And uh, for, let me just say this, that I think that um, in the subscription model, uh, well, let's just go with project managers, management is made fully I- irrelevant. And uh, we'll see you in 167 hours and uh, 54 minutes. So there we go. Well, one thing is, we used to have a definition of project. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, Josh. You used to have a definition of um, project management that said the purpose of project management is to strengthen relationships with the customer or yes. something like that. Yeah. And that, that was related to, to quality. And by the way, Josh, I just a shout out to Josh. We set that up for you, Ron. I was that, that was that was a planned, oh, good. Uh, oh, good. <laughs> planned okay. thing. Awesome. So, so there we go. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. Um, it's, it really is interesting when I, I went back on this, there, there are some things, what happens to project management is, is really a, a barbell situation. That some of the things do become completely irrelevant. We'll talk about what I think some of those things are and why. Others get pushed to the fore and become even more important than they were previously. So my thought on, on how we'll handle this is is to kind of step through the what what I consider some of the, the the project management life cycle and talk about some of those things that I think make more sense or less sense and and why I think those are and and what I'm really looking forward to is perhaps feedback from the audience on on this because look this is this is new thinking for me I've only engaged in limited projects in this capacity where I've, I've used a subscription model in some of my private engagements. And what I'm most interested in is feedback from people who have projects, stuff that they consider projects that were clearly start and stop. Let, let's just go and take the definition of the word project, a temporary endeavor undertaken to create a unique product, service, or result. The, the word is no longer relevant because in the subscription model, it's not a temporary endeavor and ongoing. It, it's ongoing and it's not intended to create a unique product, service or result. It's intended to create an outcome. 
So is this now no longer project management? I don't even know. Hence the, you know, j- jump to the end of the show because really we can end it. What it, it, do we need a new term for it? And I think we do. I, I, I think, I don't think we can call it project anymore. Interesting. I, I, I think it's got to be engagement management, relationship management. I mean, these are all terms that are, that have been out there for, for, for some time. But I'm I'm curious as to to what the audience thinks. I mean, we certainly could use relationship management, and it, and again, it brings the CRM, you know, which is customer relationship management, to the fore in even in more spades because you're going to probably rely on those systems for uh, tracking your your process. And but you know. Is I guess engagement is temporary, right? Because an engagement is before you get married. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, yeah. so yeah. hopefully that's temporary. So engagement has a, has an air of of te- a temporary nature to it. So what are possible other words? I mean, it, relationship is the only one that comes to mind for me. But I think I think of workflow. I mean, I kind of think of project management. We we still need to get stuff done, mm-hmm. right? In in mm-hmm. subscription. I mean, you gotta you gotta do the books or the tax return or I mean, there's still a workflow there, right? So and and you know the way engineers talk about it and the way Goldrat talks about you know uh, the the workflow and capacity and all of that is um, this is how we arrange work, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whether you call that process or workflow, I don't know, but you're right. I mean, we're bumping up against that vocabulary wall again, and it's something I've been struggling a lot with. I just, um, was on a show yesterday with Geraldine, our, our Patreon subscriber, shout out to her on her, on her podcast. And I started out by saying, look, we don't have a good vocabulary for this. Mm -hmm. I recently tried to write something about subscription and I'm struggling. <laughs> That's yeah. when it really comes to the fore. When you start to write it, it's one thing for you and I to sit down and talk about it, and we can play with words. But boy, when you write, it's it's more precise. And we don't have good vocabulary for this. Correct. And I and I think that that's part of the key challenge is I'm struggling with some of those vocabulary things, and and that's one of the things I want to bring up and and talk about this here. Uh, and we'll, we'll, I'll start with with something that's near and dear to my heart, which and I still do a session on this is proper project initiation, and which is show seventy nine, by the way. So you can go back and and listen to the show that we did on that. And, and here's here's the good part about project initiation, it's still relevant. In fact, again, it's one of those things that's even more relevant because what we need to really do is define the nature of the relationship, which is what that was always about anyway. Right. Before we even begin the, the the planning side of things, and so I, I I certainly think that 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 piece is is important. And what was called the project charter needs to be renamed something like the relationship charter, hmm. because we still need to define some things up front. We still need to define important positions such as the executive sponsor, which is the 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 person at the customer's organization. And if you're doing an internal project, it would be just whoever the lead person is in your, your organization who, who has that authority to make, make change happen in the organization, who has the ability to, to cut through the political BS and, and make those things. And that I've always thought of the executive sponsor as not somebody who is a, 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 has a highly active role in the engagement, and here's where I'm going to, going to flip-flop between using the term engagement and project now, right, um, or relationship. 
and the, the but but this person really ha- is is the is the final say and is ultimately responsible for the success or failure of of that relationship. Uh, so I think that's still important. I still think that we need to appoint someone which to the project manager role, which. Um, and here I'm going to start to talk about a huge mea culpa because I'm I am certain I didn't go back and listen to our shows on project management, Ron. But I am certain at some point I went into a rant on Scrum and Agile hmm. and eviscerated it. And if I didn't do it on the show, you know you've know I've done it in in some of our in person sessions. So you, you here, did you did do it, it on the show. I did do it on the show. Hmm. So, so here's my huge mea culpa for that. I was wrong. I've changed my mind. Uh, I should have been more open to the possibility that it had something to offer. I I was think thinking in the back of my mind that it did, and either was pro- and it's probably a little both. I didn't understand it completely, or I did actually see it poorly implemented. And I think I think it was a combination of both things. Well, you also made a very specific charge against uh, agile, which was that you thought, in some sense, it was being used as a substitute for planning. Correct. So you're five, you have like five stages of PM, right? Initiation, mm-hmm. planning, you know, yep. execution. But but the interesting thing is you say the majority of the value in those five stages, it's not in the execution, it's in the initiation and the planning. Correct. Correct. And and the initiation is also going to be where you're, you're going to do, in, in addition to that, what was called project charter, where now I would call it relationship charter. Uh, where you're going to do your your cost benefit analysis, which is yet just another term for the value conversation. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 it's just it what it what is the value of whatever it is that we we plan on doing, and I think that still becomes critically important. That doesn't change at all. So it it, it becomes equally important to define what we think the long term relationship is going to mean in terms of monetary or financial or cost reduction and now even you know even better cost reduction since we have the thinking of Dr. Reginald Lee uh, involved in the process so we we need to understand what those upside benefits are and uh, even even more important uh, because it's a, a much longer term thing um, as I said, you know, project was has temporary, temporarily a, a temporary um, endeavor. It's not temporary anymore, and that's probably the biggest change. So you got to throw all of that thinking out now. Um, and I don't know. I think we have a little bit of time to to perhaps get through a, a piece of this. The, the other thing that I want to talk a, a little bit about is goals and objectives mm-hmm. in 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 the project. The goals. Is are yet another way of saying, by the way, value. So I just wanted to make that point clear. I probably talked about that before. That that aspirational, aspirational mm-hmm. things that we think might happen, but and and, and upside potential. Like we'll increase sales by ten percent, reduce true cost by twenty percent, something like that. So I think that you know those 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 things are are really important. The objectives, though, and these are again, for lack of a better term, the things that are objective. These are the things that we're going to do. I, I think they're important to define a set of them up front, but they're much much more fluid and fungible fungible in uh, in the subscription model, and and can change at a whim. And for that reason, and I. You know, this is my my head exploding situation. For that reason, I would eliminate the notion of a change request mm-hmm. for 
for changes to objectives. There's no there's no reason there's no reason to go through any kind of a formal process on a change to an objective as as long as there's a, there's agreement uh, at the top level of the project. And 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 I do think that there's this you know this is there's a scalability issue here going on when we say the top level of the project in most cases for small and medium businesses we're talking about two people who are going to have a conversation and say do we agree that we're making this change to the objective? Yes. Uh, but I don't think we have to go through the formal project or the, the change request process that we did. I would say that we should go through the change request process if we change any project goals. And not so again, the goals being the upside potential, this the, 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 the another way of saying the value conversation. And I think. And, and, the, and the reason why I think that you should go, for, go through that process is not for pricing, because in the past, one of the reasons why you would do a change request for both objectives and goals is because it oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes impacted price because we were going to put an additional price on, oh, well, if you want that change request, here's, here's what it's going to cost you. Well, in subscription, mm, nope, sorry, try again, <laughs> Doesn't, does not compute. So what I think is important here that we do still have the change request process for goals, but not for the reason of pricing, but instead for reasons of clarity to the rest of the team that we have to communicate out that this goal has changed and is now we, we need to diffuse that. So it's it becomes part of the communications plan, which we'll, we'll talk about, I'm sure, in a later segment. So anyway, that's the, that's the, the thoughts on that. Right. No, this is bringing up lots of things in my mind about uh, some of the vocabulary possibly we could use. Like when you say value conversation, I think of transform. What we're really doing now is focusing on the transformation. I guess that's another way of saying goal right? Some aspirational future, whether it's sales or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Um, big part of this is vocabulary and we're just haven't figured it out yet. So but yeah. Ed, this is great. And it's flying by and folks, we'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or me, send us an email to ask TSOE at Verisage.com. We'd like to give out a shout out to our TSOE Patreon subscriber, Mark Gandy, who runs the CFO, who hosts the CFO Bookshelf podcast uh, that you can find more about at cfobookshelf.com. I've been listening to a lot of the shows recently and uh, Mark just does a great job. Big reader, so if you like and enjoy books, you'll uh, you'll thoroughly enjoy that. And now we want to hear from our sponsors. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. Have you ever listened to an advertisement for a book so many times that you question the existence of God? Me too. 
Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I recorded the advertisement for Ron and Ed's book, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Blah, 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 Whatever. And four years later, we're all tired of it, especially me. But thankfully, there's a solution. For just $10 a month, you never have to hear my voice again. For a commercial-free version of The Soul of Enterprise, go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe now. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. tuned into the soul of enterprise with ron baker and ed class to find out more about our show visit us on the web at the soul of you can also chat with us on twitter using hashtag ask tsoe now back to the soul of enterprise welcome back everybody ed's talking about project management and the <laughs> subscription business model and i'm listening but but Ed, one thing I do want to throw out, just you talked about the value conversation, and I, I think of it now as a transformation conversation mm. uh, because, you know, the Pine and Gilmore book, The Experience Economy, transformation is the highest point in their hierarchy of value. Um, but the other vocabulary I've been kind of thinking about, too, is means versus ends. Really what a customer is paying for are the ends, not the means. It's the old, you know, nobody buys a drill, drill bit, right? You buy a hole. The whole is yep. the end. And maybe if we can, you know, talk about that end in terms of goals and, you know, your prior vocabulary, then if, if, the, if the ends change, the customer wants to change the ends, that could just mean moving to a different tier in our packaging, in our pricing. Yeah, could be. Could be. I mean, and, th and, that's, and that's where this relates back to the creation of, of, um, of options and choices that you know we're we're, st we're still working through that process as well with regard we to are. subscription because there are, are pieces that we're like oh yes we should build that in no we shouldn't we had a i think a great conversation about that on one of the verisage fellow calls but um I don't i think we advanced the conversation i don't think we got to clarity certainly not where we did with with uh, regard to value pricing anyway and even those tiers can we can we can get caught up in the means because we 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 think of those tiers in terms of what other services are we going to provide we yeah. should be thinking about those tiers in terms of ends like mm -hmm. the landscaper model basic maintenance up to neighborhood standards or best curbside appeal those are the ends the means are different in each one of those categories but the ends are what matter to the customer that's Correct. how we should be thinking about framing this yeah totally agree Totally agree. Uh, back to project management, and so if if therefore the I mentioned in the in the previous segment that that objectives are going to be much more fungible in this model because there's 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 going to be no change request process for that. They can turn on a dime. They can change at any point. Well, therefore, Ron, I have to tell you this means the triangle of truth, my beloved triangle of truth. Is dead. Is, is it dead? <laughs> it's was, dead. That was one of my questions for you. It's you dead. Know, the real triangle of truth is good Chinese food and buffet. Pick right, two, right, right, right. You know, <laughs> <but, but>, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, now, is that true for quality as well? Well, so that's another thing that I'm struggling with. Let's 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 put off the quality conversation. Okay. I just, okay. I just so so that because the, the the triangle of truth is dead is is a. A, a, a real heartbreak for me. 
it was such an important part of my life for two decades, really. You're not going to get any pushback for me for blowing up project management. So this is (laughs) thrilling. (laughs) You know, as always, there's probably still stuff that we can learn. But once you get into the subscription model again, because those three points are are ever changing and where price is really fixed in a sense. Well, once you fix fix a point on on the triangle, that sort of fixes the other two. And especially if you're saying that scope scope comes in and out of favor, it doesn't really matter. Now, what I haven't given enough thought to is maybe there's a new triangle. Maybe maybe there you know other than you know good Asian and buffet. Maybe there's there's a a, a fast good cheap, um, which is was always one of one of my jokes. A variation on that and. That fast good cheap is a useful conversation, but it really is a joke. It's not it's not serious because what you're saying is is you can't have these things. And what I always looked for in the proper triangle of truth was balance. So I think that that does occur in something else that we'll get to later. Anyway, so triangle of truth is dead. Scope statement is dead. I mean, because you can't have a the statement of scope was the, the 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 roll up of all of your objectives. But I do think that you need some kind of a relationship statement, and the the scope statement, for example, in 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 um, in implementation was to implement such and such a system by a certain date. Blah blah. That's how how. But now it's going to be something like you know to implement and maintain. Don't really like that. I wrote that down, crossed it out. Uh, to deliver and maintain. Eh. To deliver and maintain an error free financial system. Maybe maybe that's curb appeal. Is that curb appeal? I don't, I don't know. It's 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 getting, it's, there. It's, it's getting, getting there. there, right? Absolutely. It's it's getting getting more towards that. What is the curb appeal statement? And that's I'll throw out to the listeners as well. What is the curb appeal statement in for? Your firm. Yeah, in your <laughs> firm, and 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 so that's forget your firm. It for the this particular relationship that you have with this customer or this subscriber, even better. Right, right. It's kind of like bookkeeper, accountant, <clears throat> CFO, right? Yeah. It, it, one is strategic. One just does the work historically. One is kind of somewhere in the middle, you know, but it's all based on ends, what what, what they're providing. Correct, correct. So, that, you know, that's that continues to be the challenge and, and, and come up with good language around that. And I think we're in agreement on that. Just just parsing through some of the other stuff that we talked about, um, I think that there's, there were six parts of a project plan, right? There was scope, mm-hmm. communications, risk, quality, activity, and resources. So I've I've killed scope. Scope is no longer relevant or needs to be replaced, and the language needs to go part and parcel of itself. The next one I want to talk about is communications. Now this is this is one of this is the other end of the barbell. Communications I always thought was one of the l- least paid attention to elements of of the six elements of a, of a a project plan and i think it was a mistake because i think it was the one of the most valuable ones some kind of a cadence of conversation that you were having with someone well guess what now this becomes paramount what what is going to be our cadence of of conversation at a minimum i think what you want to do is define those minimums not maximums in, in terms of the communications plan. And usually the communications plan was the maximum. And now I'm saying, right. no, no, no. Instead of being the ceiling, it's going to be the floor because ultimately right. it's it's call me if you need me and we'll figure it out anytime. 
Yeah, that's that's the point. But I think what you want to set is some kind of a minimum standard to say that at, on, at a minimum, we will talk every two weeks or at a minimum, we will talk once a month or once a quarter. And that maybe that's a feed in to the, the 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 choices component of the of the pricing piece. Don't know. Um, I think risks continue to be important anyway, by the way, risks or positive risks. And those of you can listen to show 87 for that crazy conversation about positive risks also being known as value conversation or transformation conversation and that upside potential. Those are still there. Those are still something to be paid attention to because that's another was another another way of saying goal. Positive risk is another way of saying goal. So again, all of that stuff, I think, yes, still relevant and even more so risk being the second part of the project plan that I thought was was often neglected by most traditional project managers who are all too focused on scope of work. Right. Um. I'm going to leave quality for last. Here's my, here's the best part, Ron. Here's the best part. The, what used to be known as the activity plan, which is the freaking Microsoft project Gantt chart. Good. Right. You yeah. can yep. throw that sucker on the ash heap of history. <laughs> That's awesome. I am, I am very, I wanted to bury it previously. <laughs> that, that is just completely gone. Um, some will argue that it's replaced by what we're going to talk about, hopefully, in the next segment, but I don't think so. I think what, what we're going to talk about in the next segment is actually the repl replacement for the issues list. Hmm. So not the activity plan. And I always made that distinction. You know, the, and I, you know I, the, the history of the Gantt chart is well founded. You know, it was very popular in Soviet Russia. Yep. <laughs> That's the only yep. place. And those plans man, they didn't quite work out for everybody. So uh, let's let's ditch this. Here's the one the one asp element of the of the project plan that I don't know what happens to or what does it morph into? I, I, I really am, am a little bit clueless. So, again, throwing out to the audience if they have some thoughts on this, what I would call the resource plan. The resource was what 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 percentage of time, not billable hours time, but what percentage of 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 time is are the people who are involved in this project going to be dedicating to the to the engagement on an ongoing basis? See, this gets really weird because in, in a sense, if in, in the subscription world, well, our what we're looking to do is not have any problems in the first place. So once we we, we achieve the initial implementation piece and it's we're in that main maintenance piece, we're error free financial system piece. It's it's we need to to fix it if it breaks or better yet, figure out a way so that it doesn't break ever. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's the point. So I suppose that resource planning might have an impact earlier on in the engagement. But then at some point it becomes irrelevant. So I'm really trying to think my way through that. You taught me something really critical on this. When I first saw you talk about project management, resource mm -hmm. planning also means the resources at your customer. Correct. Which is the big problem with the timesheet because it only accounts for our resources, not the customers. And, you know, like in law, in marketing, uh, and, and I know in your world, you guys do rely more on the customer to help with a project than say an accounting accountant does to do an audit or a tax right. return, right? <clears throat> right. We, we require some stuff, but probably not as much as the other sectors. And that's a really key thing. I mean, how much of, is, of the resources can you tap into on the customer side? 
Correct. But but again, here's here's the thing. And I think the great example here that I'm trying to draw from is is the Fender Fender is a Fender Play. Is that right? Uh, digital something like that. I, one of those. I forget. I forget <laughs> which one. But, yeah. but but yeah, but Fender, Fender Play is talk about resources totally on the customer. <laughs> right. How much are you going to practice? Right. Is is really the the, the question as to, as to how quickly you move along and progress in your ability to learn the instrument? So it, it it's completely on the customer. Now, I think this for let's let's use accounting as an example, and I think we briefly briefly touched upon this in one previous conversation. You know, one of the things that we at Sage are building into our products, and I know that I'm sure that our competition is that is is this thing called continuous audit. Mm-hmm. The process of continuous audit built into the product. There is no such thing as an audit ever. It's because it's always happening. Always. There's we don't stop auditing. We make corrections as we go. We look for errors. We have artificial intelligent agents and bots that say, hey, this transaction looks a little screwy. Let's address this now. Not wait for it nine months whenever we have the audit auditors in. We deal with it now. So the and I, I think the audit does have to become a continuous process. And I know that maybe we can do a show on accounting and the and the subscription model. Yeah, <laughs> but audit, audits, audit, audits in and the, the subscription model. Because that's a you opened up a Pandora's box when you go there. And yep. yeah, I'm just yeah. blessed that uh, most of our profession, you know, only 10 or 15% do audits. So they don't have the independence issue that subscription brings up. Yeah, like, yeah. So anyway, so 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 that 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 we made our way through, you know, all of the elements in the plan. Um, oh, quality. I didn't. And let me quick, and then we'll go to the, go to the break. Uh, but quality, I think, is still important. It just can't fit inside the triangle of truth anymore. We still have to have an understanding of quality. The the one thing that I will say, just from again my world only, is things like testing test scripts become paramount. Yet another. It's it's funny how many of the the tools that I always emphasized as being little used in the old model that was so focused on on scope that people just ignored now get pushed to the front and are hyper important and testing and test scripting is one of those things that ha- it has to by definition we have to make sure that the that we're executing on that. And we can talk more about that in our and, last segment. And Ed, just real quick, your definition yeah. of quality, because I think this uh, is con- really key. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, qu- quality is not is is not conformance to it is not a, a, a good determined by good, but but a conformance to a requirement. There's no such thing. Is it good or bad? Is irrelevant. Uh, it's it's conformance to a requirement. And of course, whose customer? Whose whose requirement? The customer's <laughs> requirement. It's the one one element of the of the old project that was completely and totally defined by the customer, right? Uh, so, yep. So there you go. But uh, we are right now at our break. Want to remind you, you can contact Ron or me by sending an email to asktsoe at verisage.com. Of course, the website is the Soul of Enterprise, where you can see show notes as well as previews to upcoming shows. And don't forget our Patreon site, where you can have. Commercial-free listens of the show, as well as our fantastic bonus episodes, and get out there and look at some of our Prime subscriptions. Now we're releasing some videos that Ron and I participated in years and years ago, as well as some new content that we're putting out there. So I'd love to have you become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash TSOE. But now, a word from our sponsor. 
Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever listened to an online radio show that changed your life? I'm required to say that I have. Have you ever stopped listening to an online radio show because the commercials were mind-numbingly repetitive? Of course you haven't because you're here right now. Look, you don't have to listen to me anymore. There's a commercial-free version of this show, and it only costs $10 a month. And for $15 a month, you get no commercials plus bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE, subscribe now, and be free. You're worth it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Back on The Soul of Enterprise and we are talking, well, Ron, here's the thing. We're halfway through this conversation, and the show's title is irrelevant. Yeah, <laughs> no, it, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that subscription blows up a lot of things. That's why it's a business it's, model. So, yeah, <clears throat> subscription model and what we used to call the and and the thing formerly known as project, project management. Yeah, <laughs> the star formerly known. As, <laughs> the, star, <laughs> the star formerly known as project management. So the next thing I wanted to to share is what I believe to be the replacement for what I called for a long time the issues list. Yeah, the is- issues list was de- was determined or at least initially by something that did come into through the scope process. So there there was a scope process that helped develop this. So instead, there's going to be a different planning process of I think that's going to come in here. And this is where I have to, I did my mea culpa about Agile. That said, there, there's two forms, or there's more than two. There are several forms of Agile project management, but the two most popular right now are Scrum, and the other one is called Kanban. And I did not know about Kanban until about a year ago, maybe maybe a year and a half ago. And I think that has changed my thinking on this too. So let me let me try to describe perhaps some of the differences between the way that the, these two systems work. In the Scrum process, so this is Agile project management, both are forms of Agile, but in the Scrum process, you determine that you, ha- you have these what are called sprints, which in almost overwhelming majority of cases are two-week period of time. The two-week period of time starts with a sprint plan where you go through and determine which of the items on the backlog are now moved forward into the the sprint that you're going to do for the next two weeks. This process is led by the 
two, three people, this, well, three groups, the scrum master, the product owner. So who the person, this is what I would consider the, the person on the customer side, and then the development team that actually is doing the work. So the, the, the backlog is the main list. That's where all of the stuff that, all of the stuff that we think we've got to do is in the backlog list. And then you select from that a list of however many things that you're going to get accomplished in the next two weeks. And those are then put into what's called the sprint backlog. So this particular sprint, and then they move through one of four different swim lanes in the swim lane graphic. What's on the to-do list. And of course the first day they're all in the to-do because we haven't started any of them. What are we building? That's the next column. The third column is what are we testing? And then the fourth column is what's done. And these these different backlog items move through those those swim lanes over the course of a two week period. What we also have is a daily scrum where everybody gets together and says, OK, here's here's what we got to today. What are we going to do? What are we going to work on to make make sure that we, what our was our plan for today? Then we move over. And then in the the toward the end of the two weeks, we have two things. One, we have the what's called the sprint review, which is where we present effectively to the customer. Here's what we got done. And do you accept it or not? And then what's called the sprint retrospective. And what this is, is a real as a mini AAR. It's a it's a it's an AAR for that week. What went well? What could have gone better? What, what are we going to do differently the next time? So that's that's the scrum process. And I'm, I'm giving this very short shrift. There are courses on this that you can take online. And I've only exposed myself to in, in a fairly limited capacity. So I'm sure I'm probably even saying something wrong here. But again, our, the audience can correct. But I think I have a basic understanding at the highest level. So that's the scrum. So the Kanban is a little bit different in, in that there is no two week sprint at all. We don't even we don't even do that. What we do is we start with that same backlog. And then on a case by case basis, we we move things into directly into the build column. So there's no to do list. There's no to do at the very beginning of the scrum. We just move uh, them into the into the build column and then test and then done. So it's the same. It's the same swim lane process, except the backlog is 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 maintained and and selected from on a on a more ad hoc basis. Here's where it gets to something, Ron. You we were talking about at the break, which is capacity. Is that each of the items on the backlog? are given some kind of what they call a, a, a weight weighted points. Now, this can be something like how long do we think it's going to take to actually do it? So it can it can be the, the actual resource piece of things, the, the effort. But it can also be uh, the, a, a, a level of importance or, or a combination of both, some kind of an index. And in Kanban, what you do is you only allow a certain weight point value into any one column at any one time. Hmm. So you, you can't move anything forward until you've pulled. And that's, that's why these are called pull systems, by the way, until you've pulled something to the done column, then something else can go into the test column from the build column. And then when something moves from the build to the test, then you can pick something off the backlog, but it's using this, this some kind of an index or point system. And this would be, probably determined either by a firm by firm basis or perhaps even on a, a, a relationship by relationship basis as to how you determine this point load.
but that's how you and so but you can only move into the build what you have the point the, the weighted point value uh, difference differential in there. So you're so what what you would have to do if there's some item that has a, a very high weight point, you would you would have to clean out your build if you want to make that be the one that slips in. Or and this is what I really like about this, break that larger item down into smaller weight point uh, pieces so that the backlog then changes uh, and maybe you, you take one item and it now becomes three or four. And now we only move maybe one or two pieces. And what I really like about this, of course, is the, the, this ability to, to chunk stuff down. Always, always been a, a big fan of chunking uh, re regardless. How do we get this down into these, these chunkable? I, I, I do think that a, a term when I was doing the research for this that came back to me, I don't know if you remember um, – uh, Tim Williams used to used to call about nuts, nebulous units of time. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, I don't think it's of time. I think this is the nebul nebulous units of work. And what has to be determined on this case by case basis is how do we determine what that weight point value is for each of the things on the list? And how do we begin to break that stuff up? That's, it, it does remind me also of something else that Tim talked about. One agency that he worked with takes uh, – customers and, and puts them into t-shirt sizes, mm -hmm. you know, your small, medium, large, or extra large or two XL. And, and that's kind of like what doctors do with the complexity of a case, like post-surgery follow-up or something. It's either simple, it's complicated, or it's complex, mm -hmm. right? Depending on how many moving parts and if there's other factors going on com comorbidities or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I had forgotten the T-shirt size thing. That's that probably is a great way to think about it. That we can and we would give perhaps those T-shirt sizes a, a, some some kind of a weight point value, and then we only move enough of those weight point values. To, to, this is where your resource planning comes in when you when you're in that what what is called build or do. I mean, it, it, and this is how, how many people do we have in that in that do column to do stuff? Like how right, many people right. do we actually have? Is it two or twelve? That's going to determine how much we can move into that column. One thing that really strikes me about the subscription and capacity is subscription puts a premium on always having spare capacity. Correct. Right? Netflix constantly has to build out content and and have enough broadband to get stuff you know to their customers. We always, Doctor Paul always has to have capacity to see people same day or go to their house or whatever, and we just. We have to stop confusing being busy with being profitable. Amen. Amen. Well, I think this is a good breaking point, Ron. So we'll just remind people that you can contact us by sending that email to AskTSOE. Visit us out on Twitter at, at AskTSOE. We also have RateThisPodcast.TSOE where you can, guess what? Rate this podcast. But right now, a word from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Sage provides accountants with compliance, reporting, and analytic solutions to do more for their clients. 
These solutions include education programs such as the Sage Accountants Network Client Advisory Service Program. This program delivers the tools to create, package, price, market, and deliver additional services to clients, increasing your profitability and delivering more value to your clients. Let Sage help you grow your business by visiting sageaccountantsnetwork.com. Have you ever been so annoyed by a commercial for a $5 ebook that you were willing to pay $10 to never hear it again? I sure have. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. Over the last several years, you've come to hate me, and I hate me too. By now, you know that for $5, you can get a copy of Ron and Ed's book. What you might not know is, for twice that much every month for forever, you can stop hearing me plug Ron and Ed's book, which totally makes sense, like the Diamond Water Paradox. Go to patreon.com slash TSOE and subscribe today. Please, for the love of God, make it stop! You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And we are talking about the subscription economy and relationship management. Say we changed the name of the show halfway through because we've decided that project management is no longer relevant. And Ron, the last thing I just want to mention... On, on this, and I talked a tad about it earlier, but in in the, the Kanban system, there are what are called retrospectives. And the, the these things are, again, what went well, what could have been improved, what are we going to do differently next time? So it's it's much more mini, mini AAR. And on the resource that I had, it, 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 it's listed as these are held periodically. And that's the one thing I had disagreed with on, on this held periodically. This is where, again, communications plan would step in and establish some kind of a minimum threshold to say, we will do a retrospective once a week, once every two weeks, once a month. But there's got to be some cadence to them that is established as the minimum. Yes, they can happen more. They could happen daily. I'm not saying don't have them daily, but I think what we need to do is say, okay, the last retrospective that we had or the last AAR, whatever you want to call it, was on this date, and we can't go any more than 10 days or 14 days without having another one. Excellent. Yeah. You know, the AAR, I I also think, becomes critical in subscription. And keep in mind that it does two things, folks. It blows up the need for timesheets, which there's no place for that in subscription anyway, but it also blows up annual performance appraisals. Mm -hmm. So you're getting rid of a ton of bureaucracy with this model and actually putting in place things like this, this more streamlined project management or workflow, whatever, and also AARs that will actually improve future performance, which these other methods do not do. Timesheets don't improve performance. Right. And are far more customer centric. Absolutely. The timesheet ain't customer centric at all. (laughs) For sure. Well, Ed, that was great. And we have a listener email here from Byron and he sent this in on June 15th and we've had so many guests, we just haven't had a chance. It's it's kind of a long email. I'm not going to read it all, but I'll get to the gist of his question. He says, I've heard you guys talk about implementing subscription pricing at four to five times current regular prices. I really struggle with that. People have a hard time differentiating between accountants. 
we price ourselves right out of the market if when we price upwards of two times, let alone four times. Even, I love this. This is a parent, uh, parenthetical note. Even though we know that we do more than other accountants. Well, there's the first clue, Byron. <laughs> you need to communicate that. Um, and subscription will help you do that because your value is going to be embedded in your, embedded in your branding. Uh, he said, so if so, what do I need to think about more in order to make headway and alleviate this quandary? Uh, and, and I would say that you gotta, you gotta think about what, what are the ends that your customers are buying, right? What's the, like we talked about earlier, what's the curbside appeal? What's the musicianship? What's the perfect eyesight in your world? And you've got to communicate that you've also got to, you know, embed that into your branding. It's better if you're niched. So, it, you know, like as our friend Tim Williams loves to say, if you're too diversified, you're going to diversify yourself into irrelevance, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? Because you're trying to be all things to all people. Um, so what is that best curbside appeal? And keep in mind that, you know, the subscription model places value over volume. So even though you might have fewer customers, even at a two or a two and a half times multiple price, you're going to be uh, adding more value to them and they're going to be more willing to pay that additional price. The other thing I would say, and it's kind of embedded in this question as, as well, is they can't compare you to another firm because you're covering them for things that may or may not happen. And I can't compare that to another firm who's only giving me a specific scope of work and a price for it, if that, right? If they're enlightened enough to do fixed pricing or value pricing. Um, so there's lots of ways this is, the subscription model will help you differentiate. But what are your thoughts on his question, Ed? Well, the other thing that comes to mind, and I guess this is the third or fourth mention of Tim Williams on this this particular episode, is magic versus logic. And the, the, the concept there being, uh, for those who haven't heard us talk about this previously, is that there's the, the logic work is the stuff that you got to do. And in accounting, this is the compliance stuff. You got you to do the audit. You got to do the tax return. You got to get the books right. You gotta, so whatever that is, that's the block and tackle basics. In 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 I'll, I'll continue on in in uh, software implementation. It's get the soft the system up and running so that they can begin to use it in some meaningful way. So that so that's just the basic stuff that you got to do. But everybody knows that above that there's the magic work. We can take whatever was was created by that mad by that logic work and do some pretty incredible stuff with it. Oftentimes the, the, and it corresponds in my mind anyway to the to 80/20 to Pareto that that you spend yeah 80% of the quote time d doing that the the basic 20% of that work um but the the value that is flipped the other way. The value on that last 20% of your time that you could be quote time again that you could be spending is where the customer could get an, four times the value that they got from the compliance work. So, and whether that's through your your insight, whether it's through w where you lead them, uh, your suggestions for them, your consulting stuff, your advisory, wh whatever you want to call it. But you know, again, why we say four to five times the price is because it's probably four to five times the value, and the value should be higher than your price. So. We're, we're we're just we're just using that multiple. So if the if the value of the compliance work was say ten thousand and the value the, the value of the of the the advisory stuff was 
forty thousand in the in the, the 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 old model. Well, now we're saying no. You're gonna probably charge fifty thousand dollars, but the, the or, but the value of of this is gonna be two hundred thousand. Right, because you have fewer <laughs> customers, you're gonna be able to go into greater depth and breadth with them, Correct. help them with their business or their personal goals or whatever it might be. Their estate planning, if you do that. You know, Mark Wickersham brought up a great metaphor. He said, you know, what if an accountant went into a coffee shop and spent one hour thinking about one of their customers, how they could improve their business, right? Mm -hmm. We could come up with a lot of great uh, ideas in an hour, even just one person. Imagine if you had two people from your firm uh, mm -hmm. brainstorming on that. Why don't we do that? Because our business model doesn't monetize that type of thing. Mm -hmm. Our business model monetizes the transaction mm -hmm. of doing that the 80 percent ed that you were talking about it doesn't monetize that ideation work that tim williams talks about right that right and the magic work so could you you know imagine that that that's part of this the, of the cadence is is on a you know, bi-weekly basis you're going to get together and think about collectively with, with with one or two other people in your organization what can we do to improve the the life of this particular customer right and those, those are something that are just cadence meetings that are built in. Maybe it's not every two weeks. Maybe it's every month. Maybe it's every quarter. It doesn't matter. It's on some some regular, re regularly scheduled interval where that's what you're going to do. And then the next thing is to then take take that and say we need to then have a meeting with that that customer where we go through and here's what we came up with. Would you like us to to do this for you? Would you like what, what what would you like us to do? And then this gets where it goes back onto our our backlog now. And what's the change in price? There is none because they're on the subscription. <laughs> right. It could be a, it could be a wealth plan. It could be advisory services if you do businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, but the thing is, you know, that we've got to break this mindset about these one offs. Well, what, what if they come to us with a project that is just really big? Well, my first question to that is, what if they didn't come to you? What if mm -hmm. they went to a competitor? You want them going to a competitor mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you know, you could possibly lose the entire relationship. I mean, you want to crack at those projects that you're competent in doing, mm -hmm. you, you know, but um, you shouldn't worry about that because you're comparing it to the lifetime value. Yeah, totally agree. Yep. So um, those were some of our initial thoughts, Byron. I'm, I'm sure we'd have more to say about this if we thought about it, but I'd, I'd really encourage you to think about the means. Think about what makes your firm different. You you say you are. You 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 know. Even though we know we do more than other accountants, what are those things, and why don't your customers know that? <laughs> you know that's that's not their fault. That's your fault. You know the onus is on you to communicate your value. It's not the customer's job to understand it. It's it's your job to communicate it. Um, so just. You know, think about those things, and even if you got a two times premium, I promise you, you're building a firm that's going to be more valuable than if you do value pricing or hourly billing. So, totally Ed, agree. What do we have yep. next week? Um, next week, Ron, we are going to be talking to the author of. I'm trying to get the name of the book. I don't know if I have it in front of me. Uh, I got it. It's Win Keep Win Keep Grow. Grow. Win Keep Grow. There you go. Win Keep Grow. Mark Stiving. This is our second interview with Mark, so we look forward to welcoming him, welcoming him back to the Soul of Enterprise. Excellent. I'll see you in 167 hours.
This has been the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy. Sponsored by Sage, transforming the way people think and work so their organizations can thrive. We'll see you again next week at noon Pacific time. That's 3 p.m. Eastern. But right now, we welcome you back. We'll talk to you next week on The Soul of Enterprise. Find out what's happening on the Voice America.